You are listening to the weekly podcast of Transformation Life Church in Muskegon, Michigan. We pray you enjoy today's message. I love that song. I just, is it cold in here? got to cool it off so we can Hey, how many are excited about trying some chili today? Did we anybody bring spicy chili? Who is the Oh, that's right. You can't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. You're right. That's supposed to be a vote for you're supposed to vote for the best chili without knowing whose it is, and I'm telling you to raise your hand if you brought chili. Ignore my direction. Just ignore my direction for that particular point. Not for the rest of this time, okay? Just that one. So. Gotta like this guy up here. I could... If I could get you to play good enough, I might even preach better. <laughs> I got my uh, <clears throat> I got my raspy voice today, so I was gonna practice my uh, my gospel preaching. Uh, we need to work on it after people. You know, we'll get it we'll get it together later, and you can coach me. It's great to have them up here, though, isn't it? The worship team did a good job today. It's not easy, you know. It's not easy, especially when the goal is not to be, uh, to just go along with the show, but to really go with what the Holy Spirit wants. That makes it harder. Because like right now, I'm telling you, I'm standing here right now, some of you probably sitting there and you're like, get on with it. And I'm like, well, I'll get on with it as soon as the Holy Spirit tells me where to go. Because I've been asking for the last few minutes where to go because there's just something about today. And I'm, I'm just asking God for direction. So I'm, you might say I'm stalling, but I'm stalling with a purpose. So, I just, I really want God. You know, we say revival. We got a sign over there that says Muskegon is worth it. I believe that with all my heart. Revival. And then we had a gentleman in here that really thought it should say revive all. So he made his own little L and added it to it. And uh, it's kind of cool kind of cool. Uh, at least he stayed with the good colors of blue and gold. 
<laughs> wow, all you unspiritual people. <laughs> but what is revival? We've been preaching about it for a while. We've been talking about it for a while. You have some people that say, don't say revival's coming, say revival's here. Right? We have, we have some places that have experienced just an outpouring of God like Asbury. And if you, and if you really want to laugh or cry, depending on how you want to respond, just go out and Google Asbury and, and just read all of everybody's commentary about Asbury. It's not a revival. It's from the devil. It is a revival. It's from God. It's everybody has an opinion. The problem started a few years ago when everybody started saying that I have my truth and my truth is what's important. Nowhere in here does this word say it's your truth. But this word says it is the truth. And until you come into alignment with the truth, your truth may not be true. And instead of going off from my truth and making judgments on everything under the sun, well, that's from the devil and that's from God and that's from based on your own perception of things sitting on the outside. One of the things that becomes a very important part of revival is revival doesn't start in the masses. It starts in the individual. So we cry for revival like we want our neighbor to behave. Because we think revival is that our neighbor acts right. Because we have no concept of it. The Bible doesn't even use the word revival in it. Right? You Go ahead, go home and Google later and try to find the word revival in this 66 book of the Bible. You're not going to find the word revival but every person comes up with their definition of what revival is, and 90% of the people you talk to's definition of revival is pointing at somebody else. But revival is going to start here. Like my new necklace, I got it today, so somebody says I'm wearing a gangster necklace this morning. I don't know. I thought, well, I just put it on. It's three nails. It goes with our, you know, our logo. The logo. Revival starts here. So just look at your neighbor and say, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. Now, if they start thinking you're weird because you're talking to yourself, don't worry about it. But talk to yourself, right? Talk to yourself. Let the revival of the Spirit of God on the inside of you manifest itself on the inside of you and let the neighbor sitting next to you call you crazy. It's okay. I mean, Mr. Gunn moved over here to sit next to youth because they're so crazy, he wanted to get next to some of the craziness over there. You, need to, you know, we don't need to divide. We need to come together. 
God doesn't move in division. He moves in unity. We need the old to be with the young, to be with those in the middle. And, you know, I've spent my whole life in the middle, so I know what it's like to be in the middle. I had an older brother, younger sister. I'm the middle child. And you know what? We're the most forgotten people on the face of the earth. Nobody cares about the one in the middle. Just kidding. I was the only playing child. My brother showed up. Whoops, what's that? Then they had one they planned, and then it was like, oops, where'd that one come from? So I was the only plan child. But you can't plan revival. You can't plan a move of God. You can hunger for it. You can hunger for it. I just wonder where, I, I really do, I, sometimes I'm even asking myself, how hungry am I for God? Let's look at the book of Acts. Go to Acts chapter 8. I got other verses written down here like 1 John, Colossians, Revelations, uh, but I'm going to go to Acts. We love the book of Acts because we read about the upper room experience where they came together and the Spirit of God came down and they were all filled with the Spirit, right? And, 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 every, and the Spirit of God just broke out. It broke out. It went crazy. It went so crazy that everybody thought they were drunk and Peter had to say, they're not drunk as you would think they are. Now, if he said they're not drunk as you think they are, it was probably because their outward demeanor reflected that of which you would normally see when somebody was drunk. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to say that. You can't just read the Bible. you got to read the Bible, right? So when you read that, you have to think, you know, part of reading the Bible, part of You know, there's some people out there, they're like, well, the Bible is historic and you need to read it. And if you ever take a scripture and be able to use it for imparting into your life, then you're taking the Bible out of context. Well, you can take it out of context, but the Bible was written. It's a historical document full of facts and truths and principles for application. So when you read something, you've got to then put yourself into what you're reading and say, they weren't drunk as you suppose. Wonder why they would say that. What does that mean? That means they were a little bit crazy. Maybe they had a hard time. Why do they fall down in church anyway? Why does that happen? They're like, I don't think that's real. Listen, I've been around where I've seen it where you know that wasn't real, and I've seen it when you know it is real. If your employer pays you every week, and are you just going to say, well, I heard about another place that gave counterfeit money out, so I'm not cashing this check. Huh? Is that how we do that? Like, 
Like I heard there was counterfeit money out there, so I ain't going to bother. It's, a, it's probably counterfeit. Can't use it anyway. So God operates in a way that we do not understand. He, he can do anything he wants to do except violate your will. So if you're not open to what God wants to do, then don't be surprised when God doesn't do anything. I'm just, this is just kind of like common sense, but I'm trying to get you to, I'm trying to get you to get the, get it to hit you, right? You can ask God for anything you want to ask him for and then refuse to accept his direction and get nothing you ask God for. Because God will do things that you think will be foolish, that you'll think doesn't make sense, that you, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm just, that would, I would look ridiculous. Yeah, and God says, why do you worry about your reputation and what you'll look like? You know, Jesus in the streets went out on Monday. I've only got to talk to a couple people. Or, I'm sorry, on Saturday. Yesterday. Is yesterday Monday? <laughs> Don't mind me, man. I'm, you know, I don't know what day of the week it is half the time anyway. But they went out yesterday. I, I was listening to... Uh, Another group that went out wasn't even a group that went out. You know what the ideal thing with Jesus in the streets is? Let me give you a hint. You go out on Jesus in the streets to teach you how to be obedient to the Spirit of God and His direction. Is that why we do it? Is that why we do it? We don't, we don't go out there to, for a show. We go out there because we've been asked by, directed by God to go into the streets because his Bible says to go into the highways and the byways and to compel them. So we go out to do that, but we go out there and we put people in a place where they have to learn to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're going to put God in a box, he's going to prompt you in a way outside the box and then you're going to say, oh, no, and you'll miss a miracle. But you can do some things so simple, like this lady that went to this, um, I think it was a Wendy's. She goes to a Wendy's every week, and she buys an orange soda. She goes to the Wendy's every week and buys an old orange soda for her pastor's wife. And not Vicky. She drinks strawberry squirt or uh, ruby red squirt. In case you need to know that. She like what? Yeah, but don't bring her one in a can. It's got to be in a bottle. 
because she thinks the can tastes like canny. Is that a word, canny? Tastes like you're drinking out of a can. It just, not a word, but you know what I'm saying. We're going to add that one later. But, so she goes there every week and she buys this orange drink for her pastor's wife. And she tells the, she tells the person at the cash register, that's why she's buying it. Every week, I'm buying this for my pastor's wife. Here just last week, she goes to the same, what did I say it was, Wendy's? I think it was, I, maybe it's Burger King, I don't know. I think it's Wendy's. But anyway, she, she's a fast food joint. So she goes back there again. There's people in the parking lot, and God says, pray for them. And she says, oh, okay. So she goes up to them, and she starts to talk to them, and she begins to pray with them. And the person who's at the cash register, who's there every day when she buys that orange drink for her pastor's wife, sees her in the parking lot praying for these people, and she comes running out and she says, I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle this anymore. And I told God if you showed up here again today, I would give my life to him. And she came out into the parking lot and she gave her life to Christ, not because we were praying and shouting and screaming about a revival, but because this woman let a revival take place in her life, and she lived it in the world. She let her words and her actions speak equally together. You didn't, you didn't catch what I just said. Actions and words that are in unity, working together for the same purpose. In other words, their actions match their words because inside of them, personally, they decided they wanted to be an example of the glory of God. Right? There, there's, there's too much come to church, jump around, shout, and scream. I love, I love worship. I love worship. I love worship. I, I wish I could sing. Maybe I could with my raspy voice today. I could try it. I'd try some country. Fit that. Well, even country gave in to the other agenda, so I guess they're not so country anymore. But anyway... Sing 10 or, 10 or 12 miles away. You can sing a solo. Solo, we can't hear you. Oh, come on. Stop with all the jokes now. I'm just saying, unity where your actions and your words line up. So to have a revival in our city, we have to get into unity. What, what does that mean? Well, Our words match our actions. But what does that mean? That means our, her words and actions match her word and actions, match his words and actions, match her words and actions, match 
his words and actions, match his words and actions. And it just keeps on going. How shall two walk together lest they agree? And some things are so minimal in the big picture of what God's doing that the devil loves to stick the little things in there to bring division when, you know what, I don't think you should have a tattoo and I don't think you should have piercings. Well, you know what, if you don't like a tattoo and you don't like piercings, that's fine, but they already have tattoos and piercings. They can't change that. But if they love God, we can still work with them, right? Where your hair's short, it should be long. Well, some people don't have any hair. What do they do? Grow a beard. Grow a beard. Y'all probably looking at me like, what's his point today? My point is that we got to stop looking at the outward and start looking at the inward. But if you worry about getting your heart right and everybody's thinking about getting their heart right, then you don't got to worry about getting their heart right because you get your heart right and they get their heart right. You don't get their heart right for them. Right? Acts chapter 3. Because if you're not in unity, listen, you can talk all you want about how great it's going to be. This is Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall is Pastor Rod Parsley's pastor. The original demon slayer, if you will. He said... God gave him a vision. And in the vision, he saw the great end time revival. And he even told his he even told Pastor Rod, he says, I, I won't see that. God told me I won't see that. But he had the vision. And in the vision, it started out with first he saw hell. He saw hell, and he said it was like a volcano that was erupted. It was just boiling, consuming fire. He saw this hell, and it made him cry out and ask God for a revival, and God showed him a revival. And in the revival, he said that he saw the revival, the greatest revival on the face of this earth will do one thing, and that one thing is it will destroy the works of darkness. The greatest revival on this earth is going to destroy the works of darkness. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of darkness. But he said there were three keys that God showed him to this great end-time revival. And the first key was unity in truth. Yeah. 
Unity and truth. What does that mean? That means you got to know his word. And you can't pick it apart. Like some people pick it apart and say, well, anybody can serve God. Anybody's saved. It doesn't matter how they live. They can live any way they want, and they're still saved, and they're still going to heaven. Uh, no, that's not in here. You can't live any way you want. And, that, and then other people will say, there is no such thing as a hell or a heaven, and they still call themselves Christian. Nope, that's not in here. We need to get back to the word of God. We need to get back to the truth of the Bible. We need to get back to this because this is the foundation. When we talk about putting on the armor of God, we talk about putting on the helmet of salvation, we talk about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, we talk about putting on the, your, your belt of truth. It is the Bible, the belt of truth. And here's the thing. Everybody wants to walk around with the sword of the Spirit as if we're so spiritual. We can just pull a sword out, cut everything down so spiritual. But without a belt of truth, you can't carry the sword of the Spirit. It has to be lodged in the belt of truth. If you don't have the belt of truth, you've got no sword of the Spirit. We become an emotional church that thinks just because we feel something, it's the Spirit. If it's contrary to the Word of God, it is not the Spirit of God. It is your flesh. We have got to get back to the unity of the truth of God. It's got to become a foundation. What does that mean? Get your Bible out and start reading it. I just had another person this week text me about wanting me to do a pastoral recommendation so they can get into valor. Listen, I'll do that for anybody, anytime. I think I've done four in the last couple weeks. I don't know how many we have at valor right now or going to have at valor in a very short length of time. I, don't need, I lost count. But listen, anything you can do to learn how to study the Bible and learn the truth of the Bible... The hour or the half hour or the 15 minutes you get on a Sunday morning, depending on how awake you are, right? Because we come in and we got to take 15 minutes to get pumped up and primed up to even be here. But we're going to work on some stuff starting in the fall. I'm telling you, we're going to put some stuff together. Because we got to get into the Word of God. We've got to learn the Word of God. I hope you get hungry for the Bible study. And here's the thing. If you're going to teach a Bible study, then get passionate about the Bible study. Get serious about the Bible study. And teach it. And let people be a part of the discussion. And let's learn his word together. Let's grow in unity. We've got to become unified in truth. That was one of the keys that was given to Lester Summerall. Unity in truth. The other key, love one for another. I, I was uh, looking this up and I said... And, well, I said a few things, but one of the things I said is I need a bookcase put in my office because I got a bunch of books in storage that I can't get to. So, I'm a, anyway, that's a personal note. But the other thing, this is the other thing I put down. 
uh, love one another, pray for people, don't talk about people. Then I wrote this down. I didn't get this from anywhere but the Holy Spirit. If you're going to talk about people, why not talk to God about them? It's called praying one for another. Somebody comes up to you and wants to start talking to you about people, just look at them and say, listen, last time I checked, I'm not God. Take that to God. And if you're having a hard time figuring out if you're God or not, we can, we can give it a test later and pretty sure we'll just determine we're not. Even if Oprah says we're all going to be God. That's what she believes. But she's got like millions of people following her, so she's got to be right. And here's the other thing that he said. Unity and truth, love one another, and get back to morals. Live right. This is like deep stuff, isn't it? This is like we got to dig real deep to come up with this. Unity, get along. Unity and truth, know the Bible, love one another, that's really, that's deep. I mean, it should be, it should be Christianity 101, whatever that means. And morals, live right. Those were three keys to the greatest end time revival that he got in the spirit of God. That this man wrote down. So we want a revival. We got to get in the word. We got to love one another. And we got to start living right. We got to start crucifying our flesh. We got we got to start. Your Bible says that that. Whenever we get into a place of going into sin, that God always makes a way of escape. The only thing is, is are we looking for a way to escape? Or are we just satisfied with the, with the pleasures of sin for a season? Some people teach that you shouldn't talk about sin in church and you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be worrying about telling Christians not to sin. Well, whatever, you can preach wherever you want to, but if you're here, we're going to talk about getting sin out of our life. He's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. We're never going to be perfect. I don't think we're going to be perfect, but man, we can work to get sin out of our life because the, the more we get sin out of our life, the more that we can hear from the Word of God, we don't have a block in hearing from the Spirit of God. And if you think that this isn't important, when you go out in the streets or when you're walking around like you're supposed to be learning in Jesus in the streets how to be comfortable to walk up to people, and you walk into a grocery store and somebody's standing there that's on the brink of deciding whether or not to live another day, can I make this real for a minute? 
when they're on the brink of deciding to live another day, and we decide that the comforts of sin are more important than crucifying the comforts of sin in our life so we can hear clearly from the Spirit of God, and therefore we're ineffective. People's lives are depended upon the body of Christ. They're in the world hurting they were out on the streets on Saturday, and listen, there are more people open to the gospel of Jesus Christ right now than ever. I wonder why that is. Well, maybe because the banks are failing. Good thing the government doesn't abide by their own rules, or there'd be a lot of people without money. But because the government violates their own rules, they bail out the bank even though they're, it's contrary to the rules. Well, thank God they did. Because this world, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon, but in the middle of the darkness and in the middle of the struggle and in the middle of all the trials and tribulations and problems, that's when the light of the glorious gospel will shine the brightest. And that's when the church comes alive. If you don't believe me, turn to Acts chapter 3, which I told you to do earlier. Or I'm sorry, did I say 3? Acts chapter 8. It's like, that ain't the right verse. That's not the verse I wanted. Verse 8. Chapter, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. My goodness. Is anybody volunteering to preach today? On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, and Samaria, except the apostles, devout men carrying devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made, made great lamentation over him. But Saul ravaged the church, entering house by house and dragging out both men and women and committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And when the crowds had heard Philip and saw the miracles which he did, they listened in unity to what he said. And for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was so much joy in the city. I don't know if you caught the transition or if you want to say it's not really a transition because they were both taking place at the same time. There was persecution, and at the same time there was persecution, there was miracles and many coming to God at the same time. We have a concept of a glorious revival where everybody's going to love us. 
everybody's going to come together, sing Kumbaya. Break out our peace symbols. It is going to be a battle. It's going to be a fight. But Jesus said, I've come to destroy the works of darkness, and then said, I'm giving you that same power. Don't be afraid. We, we really don't do anything around here for just doing something. There is a purpose. And part of the purpose is training. It's training. It's training. And when we think we know it all, we learn we don't know it all, and we go back to training. You know, like George Foreman, he got his butt kicked a few times before he became the, you know what I'm saying? He was a retired boxer that came back to boxing to win, and people were like, oh, the old man's coming back. Right? I'm not really into boxing, but I think I got that story right. Ten years after he quit, he decided to get back in the game. And... It's a fight and it's a battle, but we've got to get ourselves conditioned for the fight and for the battle. And part of the conditioning is getting that word in you because you can't have your mind waver. Because when you go out on the streets, when you're out in your shopping centers and in your workplaces, in anywhere you go, it doesn't have to be with Jesus in the streets. It has to be in your life. Anytime you get out of your car and you're outside of a church building, you are in the streets. You are called to be somebody that reaches the lost. You are called to go into all of the world and preach the gospel. I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. We, the Bible says in Revelations, they overcome by the, word of the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Start learning your testimony. Let me give you a clue. Somewhere in your testimony, you have to add Jesus. I've heard an awful lot of testimonies where I sit there and listen, and I'm going, when did, when did Jesus show up? Yeah. That's not your testimony, that's your life. You're still living it. You let Jesus show up and take you out of it, and then it becomes your testimony. It's a great excuse, though. He said, well, I'm just making my testimony greater. The gospel in itself has, this is what's cool, we can make it so simple. The gospel in itself has the power of salvation. Doesn't need a fancy person. If it needed a fancy person to preach, we'd have to hire another pastor here. But if it doesn't need another fancy person, 
that can put this all together and sound like somebody's like, wow, I've never thought about that, or wow, that's this. No, revelation is great, but just sharing your story, just sharing your testimony, just sharing what God has done for you, and being open to let God do anything he wants to do through you and in you. I was going to show a couple, I, I really want to do this. Um, so, Julie, you, you feel all right coming up here? Not, well, no, the other Julie, sorry. Come up here, I want you to share about what happened on Saturday. You were just telling me today, so you can share. I, test, 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 test. We got a blue mic. So, I really want to get this across. Go ahead. So, we were out in the street. Actually, we went to Mona Lake Park. And there was all kinds of people there. And everybody that we went up to was very open. So, we had opportunities after opportunities to pray for these people. I walked up to one person, I seen a baby, and this guy was sitting in his car, I'm looking for a gun first, I'm like, where's a gun? <laughs> but no, there wasn't. Um, but this baby was six months old, had like a, I don't know, a feeding tube in him, and I'm like, can I pray for him? Oh my God, my heart was broke. And so we laid hands on the baby, and we were praying for healing, and then we prayed for the man, and then his wife or girlfriend was there, and we prayed for her, and she gave us her information. But there were so many people that we got to pray for, and they were so open. I mean, there wasn't nobody that turned us away except for one guy. I don't remember. He was like a Muslim or whatever. What was he, Brett? Muslim. Yeah. So he, we just walked away, you know. I think Steve walked up to him and talked to him. But, you know, everybody is so hungry. These people are hungry for the word. So we need to be filled with the word, filled with the spirit. Because if we're going in our own self, it's not going to work. We need to be full of God. But, Amen. Yeah. So you were, you were saying something about you really are, that God's really been showing you some stuff and, or really, you know, what were you saying when we were talking earlier? Or, you know. Um. Well, he's he's been he shared with me the last probably the last week. He's commissioned us. <laughs> he's commissioned us. That is who we need to be. And you were speaking basically about it. The Great Commission, going out, testifying, laying hands on the sick healing those, casting out demons. That's who we need to be. We are commissioned. God has called us, called us. That is our job. We need to rise up and listen to what the Spirit is saying because, you know, these people are dying right now and they're going to hell. And we, you know, cleanse our hearts, Lord. Purify us, you know, purify our hearts. Help us. I was... God placed on my heart Psalms 24. It's been on my heart for about a year now. 
and I just keep going over it. It's like, Lord, please. <laughs> because, you know, we need to be so full of God, so full of him, not ourselves. Step aside so God can do it. He's working in people. If we will be obedient, surrendering our hearts to him. It's like, how do we do that, God? How do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I know I had, they didn't take very many pictures, but I got a couple of them. You got them ready? But they, um, this was the group, by the way. I mean, so, you know, we bought a new van, so now we have two vehicles, and they're pretty much filling them both up, right? And they're both going out and, and, and going different directions, I believe, right? Yeah. Going different directions, and and canvassing more of the city. But this is the crew. This is the majority of the crew. I don't know if they're all in that picture, but that's a lot of them that went out. Um, we have, and here they're praying for this gentleman here. And like I say, we didn't, we didn't take a lot of pictures. Uh, we're not out there to take pictures, although sometimes pictures are kind of nice in a way, but um, it's, it's a, it's a catch-22, you know. But some people don't want their pictures taken. And when the first person that me and Julie and John that was with us went to, Julie seen him and said, I got to go to her. Lord's telling me to go to her. Okay, let's go. So she goes. And it's a woman with, like, nine kids in this suburban. You know, they were all, they're not all hers, but she's got them. And they're all, like, six and under. And she's got a bottle of vodka. I'm like, oh, my God. Now, <clears throat> for those of you that know, Julie just went through alt spell. So for her to be a, at that lady and then start saying, look, I went to prison for this and you got all these kids in your car? What are you trying to do? And, you know, the lady said, well, you know, pray with me. And believe me, she prayed with her. But to be the first person that we seen and it was so close to what she's been going through, I thought clearly the Lord was right there. Amen. Amen. God will use. He'll use everything we walk through, but we don't, but what we walk through isn't the answer. The testimony becomes what God brought you through, not what you're living. Right? And, but Jesus, we're going to see a revival. I'm believing for a revival. Maybe this is a different Sunday than normal or something. I don't know. I don't know what normal is. <laughs> Jesus is <laughs> But revival starts when we let our hearts be worked on by the Holy Spirit 
when we change our actions and our words and we don't worry about the one next to us. We've created a church that is more into talking about people that don't live the way we live than they, than they really do anything. And I read this scripture. Um, I talked about this. I don't know where I talked about it at now that I can't remember. I got too many, I got too many uh, dividers in here with things. I got to remember what I was doing. But anyway, I talked about when we were doing the, the Friday night, Good Friday, and we took communion. And the scripture that says, I think I read, was it in Luke? I don't know. I, got, I could find it. But anyway, um, Jesus says, I'll paraphrase it. I'll find it for you later and get it to you. But Jesus said this. He said, go. And if they're not receiving from you, to not condemn them, but to just keep going. And it says in there not to condemn them because they've already been condemned. Do you know what brings, when we talk about condemnation, and there's a difference between condemnation and, and conviction, right? But condemnation, they're already condemned by the word of God. Their, their future is already established in the Word of God based upon what their response is to the Word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Their future, if they reject Jesus Christ, their future is already predestined for them. They're going to go to a place that burns forever. They're going to go to a place that was created for Satan and the fallen angels. They're already condemned to that destination because they reject Jesus. Well, what does that mean? That means you don't have to condemn them. They're already condemned. So, Sometimes it's not, we're not there to condemn, we're there to warn, we're there to encourage, we're there to point them that there's a better way, we're there to show them the love of God. They're already condemned by the, by the gospel, they don't need to be condemned, they're condemned by the word of God, they don't need to be condemned by our words. And so when we witness the people and they reject us, We've got to be strong enough not to take it personally and want to lash back out to the ones that reject us. And if you don't think that happens in the body of Christ, you haven't been around long enough. You're walking around with your eyes closed. 
I find it very interesting that Jesus, that in the Bible, I, I should know where the scripture is too. I find it very interesting that his disciples walked with Jesus for three and a half years, roughly. Being trained and taught by Jesus, the master. If anybody's going to train you, Jesus is going to train you, right? And yet, it says that after he died and rose again, and he's having a conversation with his disciples, in the Bible, there's a scripture that says, and then their eyes were opened. Hmm. We have to understand that we walk in partial truth because we don't know it all. We have all truth. We have the spirit of truth. We have the spirit that leads us in all truth. But we're growing and we're maturing, but we don't walk in all truth. Jesus walked in all truth. We don't. But to have an understanding to share what the Holy Spirit is putting on our heart and to understand that if they reject it, they're already condemned. We love them anyway. And the next time we see them, we can love them again. I know maybe this is a different kind of Sunday morning or something. I don't know. I just feel, I feel like, I, I just know, I hate using the word I feel. I, I know that you know, God wants to do. I don't say this just to say it, but I believe we're going to see the greatest salvations in the city of Muskegon's history. We're going to see it. We're going to see it happen. We're not here to just transfer from church to church to church to church to church. Like you see on Facebook, people that were in this church this week and now are at that church the next week, people get excited about that. Well, well, well I don't care. You can go wherever you want to go for church. It's okay. You should go where God tells you to go. It shouldn't be an emotional thing. I got out of bed and decided today I didn't want to go to this church. I wanted to go to that church. But we're not here to transport people from this church to this church. We're here to reach the lost. And the greatest revival Muskegon's ever going to see starts when we get ourselves right. And we start reaching into a lost and dying and hurting community. And we start sharing the love of God. And then that means things get uncomfortable. Maybe God has you get up earlier on Sunday morning to go pick somebody up. You, we've got to get a heart for the lost. Because we want a revival, 
but we want a revival that doesn't inconvenience us. And I know I'm saying that's true because I pick that up in the spirit every Sunday. I pick that up. I feel like there's a, there's a hunger for revival, but I feel a resistance. And I know the resistance is that revival is going to create uncomfortable situations and we want a revival, but we want to stay comfortable. And God's saying, I want to bring people into my kingdom because I want to spare them from eternal damnation because I paid for a price for them. I paid the ultimate price for them. And I want them to not be to spend the eternity in hell, but to spend eternity in heaven with me. And I need my body. I need my believers. I need those that trust in me to go and get them. I need you to become un, not so concerned about your comfort zone. And we meet people on the street, and we pray for them, and we talk to them. And I just wonder, what difference would it make if you were to say to them, hey, can I pick you up? Can I pick you up and take you out and buy you some coffee? Can, can I pick you up and bring you to my women's Bible study on Tuesday night with a bunch of other ladies? I'd love for you to be there with me. Or maybe men's Bible study on Thursday. Or you know what? And then, you know, maybe Sunday. Maybe they'd, be, maybe they'd come on Sunday. But we got to develop this, this uncomfortableness has got to go so that we can become comfortable with that which is uncomfortable. And when we become comfortable with that that's uncomfortable, we can become the family of God that we're designed to be. And in the Bible, it talks about when they all came together and God was adding to the church daily. And it said they all became in one accord. And it said they had all things in common. And people began to sell things and take care of things in other people's lives. And they started doing all these goofy things. That the church would look at and say, are you out of your mind? I just wonder. You thought maybe your healing was a maybe there's a instruction that God gives you that when you follow that instruction you get the healing maybe that instruction is I told you to be reaching out to that person well God I I don't feel good overcome I'm just I just it can be anything God I've got loved ones that aren't serving you and God said I'll take care of them you'll do this you say well you mean God can't take care of them unless I do this oh no what God's trying to get you to do is walk in faith and trust him and because you think it's praying but really all it is is whining to God and complaining about your unsaved family members 
He's trying to get you to take your mind off from them so you'll stop complaining and stop whining. Go over here and do something for God so your mind gets focused on his kingdom. And then God comes over here now that you've eliminated all the stress that you're creating because they're not serving God. He comes over here and saves them. Because, you know, don't, don't be so naive to think that sometimes when we're praying for our lost loved ones that really we're not praying for them. I'm not, I'm not saying we never pray for them. I'm just saying sometimes we got lost loved ones and we drive them away from God. Well, you, you don't do, you don't do, you don't do, you don't do. Maybe just releasing them with, with full trust in who God is takes care of that. And when you know you're trusting God is when you release them, walk away and go over and do what he tells you to do. Because now you've just proven you trust him. And I, I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know how to get it across. But God, I believe with all my heart, I do, I believe with all my heart that he's going to pour out his spirit I believe he's going to do it in here. I believe we're going to see an outpouring of God's spirit in here. I believe in God that people will walk in that door and they'll be healed before they ever get through the door. But you know what that means? That means that we've got to have a heart that when we walk in here, we're ready to see the miracles of God. We don't need a 15-minute prime job before the pump starts sending the water to the sprinkler system. Know what I'm saying? Maybe that that maybe fits the guys. Maybe understand that one better than the women. I don't know, but I'm just saying we've got to. You know, when the visitors come in, the visitors got to feel the spirit of God when they walk in the door. But those of us that have been here for a while, we ought to be walking in already in the spirit of God. We ought to be walking in with expectation for what God's going to do. We ought to be crying out and saying, God, send me those that are hurting today. Send them here today. Let them walk in here off the streets, God, that they don't even know who we are. God, I pray for every person that wakes up this morning. On my way into church, I pray for every person that wakes up this morning and says to themselves, I don't really know why I'm here. God, send them that we could minister to them. It's, it's, really, it's really a change in our heart for the lost. And I want us to be a church that's got a heart for the lost. A body of believers that is hungry to see God destroy the works of darkness in the lives of people. We're not satisfied with the devil winning anymore. I know there's people in this room right now that are dealing with sicknesses. Pastor Rose is at home this morning not feeling good. There's other people not here today because they're not feeling good. I'm going to open up these altars. Listen, if you're in this place... First off, if you're in this place and you don't know who Jesus is, 
you don't know who he is as your personal Savior. If you're in this place and say, well, you know, this is kind of odd. I'm used to a regular routine of things. You know, you do this, this, this in church, and you think there's some kind of formula to how church is supposed to go. But I pray right now that you're feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And if you're in this place and you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit, that's God drawing you to him. To him. Because he loves you. He's drawing you to him. And if you're in this place and you've never surrendered to him, it is a life of adventure. I didn't say it's an easy life, but it's a life of adventure. It'll be full of lots of exciting things when you serve God and some uncomfortable things. But when you serve God, it's a far greater life than anyone you could ever live not serving God. So if you're in this place right now and you don't know who God is and you've never let him be in control of your life, I just, I'm just going to ask, is everybody just, just, if that's you, just lift a hand and say, that's me. I've never given God control of my life. And, and I want to do that today. I want a life that's different than what I'm living. I want a life that's full of adventure with God. I want a life where I can hear his voice and know he's part of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, I see that hand. If there's anybody else in here that that just knows, maybe you're in here and you, you've given your life to God, but then you really haven't lived your life for God. Because God knows we, we've all been there. We're like, God, I'll serve you, and then we don't really serve him. And then it takes time, and we finally say, God, I'll... I'll if anybody's in here that's maybe done that and says, you know what, I want to, I do want to serve God. I want to live for Him. If you're in here and that's you, I just say lift, you know, lift a hand up. You know, it's, nobody's, listen, we all came to God. This isn't anybody's better than another. Trust me, we're not, nobody's better. We all just need God. Hallelujah. Thank you. I see those hands as well. And I I'm going to ask you to do something that maybe you wouldn't be comfortable with. But can I tell you this? When Jesus says this in his word, he says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. What does that mean? Well, sometimes we take the steps. It says, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. We take the first step. He already did the first step. His Holy Spirit is the one that's drawing you, is talking to you right now. That's the Holy Spirit. And God's willing to meet you, and I believe he's going to meet you right up here at this altar area this morning. And there's no greater way to enjoy a bowl of chili with family than to 
let all the burden go. Let everything go. So if you raised your hand, I would just ask that you would have the guts, the tenacity, the strength. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit would give you the strength to rise up and come up front here and let God minister to you this morning. I pray against every hindrance, every fear, every doubt, every concern about what people would think. I break every one of those hindrances right now in the name of Jesus to have no effect. And I say to you this morning that if you would come up here, we'll have people that will pray with you and join you this morning in celebration. It's a celebration. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you honor today, oh God. We honor you today, oh God. That you would take the foolish things and use them so mightily, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. this place this morning I just I feel the need to do this I've actually felt this the whole morning I've been here I've been waiting for God to tell me when but if you're in this place and you're in need of a healing physical emotional healing if you're in this place and you need that I know God can heal the natural body he can heal but he can also heal the emotional parts of our life and so if you're in here this morning and you need a healing whether physical or emotional I'm asking that you would believe God to come up here this morning and let us pray for you for healing because I believe God is a healer I believe God's called this ministry to walk in healing. He's called this place to be a place of healing. Healing of the mind, healing of the soul, healing of the body, healing. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if you noticed, we got a lady sitting in the front row that hasn't been here for a while. We love you. She was dead on a table. Dead 
on a table and the doctors gave her no hope and uh you know vicky and i went up there to visit she didn't even know we were there and i got a chance to talk to the doctor and the doctor said to me that judy told him she wanted to live and my wife and i looked at each other and said well we know what to pray because she wants to live and so we just laid hands on her and we prayed for god to bring her back and i'm telling you the doctors may have done some great things they had a little put a pump in there and do some great things they did some great stuff but i'm telling you what god brought her back god brought her back and she's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and i'm telling you god is a miracle working god and i don't care if you've been praying for healing and you haven't seen it it is gonna happen so if you're in this place and you need a healing and i know there's a couple people up here that need healing we're going to pray for you for healing we're going to believe god for healing that devil is a liar our youth minister our youth pastor had a shirt on that said the devil's a liar i asked him earlier if i could change shirts with him and wear that while i was preaching he uh he looks better in it than i do he's got muscles i got chubbiness but you know other than that <laughs> but come on can we just give god a shout of praise for a minute hallelujah well, I'm going to be praying. We're going to be praying for these people up here. If you want to come up to the altar, you're more than welcome. If you're not wanting to come up here, let me just pray real quick over the food so that when you leave here, you can just jump in line and grab some food. Don't leave. Get to know somebody because we don't want to just know your hair color or lack of hair. We want to, we want, we want, <laughs> we want to get to know you. And thank you for visiting some of the visitors that are here today. Thank you for visiting today. And uh, I'd say today was maybe different than normal, but every Sunday you never know what you get when you're here. So, Lord, I pray right now for the food. I thank you for all the hands that made food for today. I thank you that you've called us to be a community of friends and family and that you've called us to just be, uh, you know, one in you. So I pray over everybody that made food. I pray that you bless them for doing it and being a servant. And I pray over that food as well, that it would be good for us. And I pray over the fellowship, oh God, that it would be good, that we would dwell in the house of the Lord together in fellowship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.